What's up? This is Hot Shell Ray, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF. This is my tape recorder. Uh, this is a special edition of PF's Tape Recorder. It is Tuesday, September 12th, and on Friday, September 16th, Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, my favorite band. Well, they're my favorite band, and then the Beach Boys are also my favorite band, but, but Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark will be in Miami, Florida at the Grand Central kicking off their fall U.S. tour. And uh, I saw them back in the spring in Chicago. More on that later. Also coming up, an interview with Paul Humphreys, in which he explains uh, why they stopped working together back in the 80s. I think towards the end of the 80s, we ran out of things to say. And we'll hear more from Paul Humphreys in a little bit, but first we're going to uh, go over the background very quickly of OMD to get you up to speed. Uh, where do I start here? Um, people probably wondering, or maybe not, uh, whatever happened to OMD? Well, for folks listening in the United States, of course, uh, OMD were part of the second British invasion and uh, you know had some new wave hits there with Tesla Girls and Enola Gay, Electricity Messages and all those. They had uh, some chart success in the United States starting in 1985 with uh, the single So In Love from their Crush album. Uh, that got to about number 25, I believe, in the U.S. chart. The following year, they had a song on the soundtrack for the John Hughes film Pretty in Pink, of course. Went to number four with If You Leave. And then the following year, released their seventh studio album, The Pacific Age. And that spawned the uh, top 20 hit in the U.S., Forever Live and Die. The year after that, they released the best of OMD, which... Uh, uh, accumulated all of their uh, British and European hit singles along with If You Leave and a new song called Dreaming. Dreaming, depending on what chart you follow, went to either uh, number 16, which is the Billboard uh, charts uh, reckoning of how that single fared. Uh, according to Cashbox, though, I believe it went to number 9, which means it would have had a second top 10 hit uh, in America. And uh, that was it. They uh, toured that album in support of Depeche Mode on Depeche Mode's famous uh, 101 tour, finishing up there at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. Uh, then OMD went back to England, and as Andy McCluskey told me a couple of years later, despite the fact that the best of OMD had sold uh, over half a million copies in this country, uh, and the rest of the records had actually sold in this country as well, as well as, of course, in Europe and uh, England and Australia and places, in Japan. Uh, they came back to England after the 101 tour with Depeche Mode, as Andy McCluskey told me, absolutely penniless. And uh, after being on the road for so long with each other, uh, core members uh, Andy McCluskey and Paul Humphreys, uh, along with longtime support members Martin Cooper and Malcolm Holmes, uh, decided they were kind of sick of each other, or at least the three of them were sick of Andy. And uh, so they decided to part ways for a little while, and uh, any animosity quickly subsided. They, they all remained mates uh, in the end, uh, of course, because they're back together, you know how it turns out. But um, as it turns out, right after they split up, they decided, you know, we should do an audit of our record sales because it seems kind of crazy that we sold all these records uh, all over the world and don't have any money to show for it. So they did. It turns out, oh, yeah, the record company owed them uh, millions of dollars. And so uh, Andy McCluskey went on under the name OMD, produced three more albums. Uh, the other three members, uh, Paul Humphreys, Martin Cooper, and Malcolm Holmes, went on to form The Listening Pool, uh, made an album that was critically acclaimed and not commercially well-received, unfortunately, but they, uh, they're seeing about re-releasing that, actually, uh, in the coming year. It's a very fine album. But uh, in 1996, 
After um, some success carrying on OMD on his own, the first album did really well was Sugar Tax. That was in 1991. But in 1996, uh, after writing what he thought was probably the best song of his career, Walking on the Milky Way, which only uh, got to number 21 in Britain, and he decided to close up the OMD tent. And he started working with a group called Atomic Kitten, think Spice Girls, kind of in that vein. Wrote a song for them called Whole Again. It was his first number one hit in the UK. Never had one with OMD, but did have one with uh, Atomic Kitten. That relationship soured, as did the world's taste for Britpop, uh, girl Britpop music. And uh, come to 2005, German TV asked Paul and Andy, hey, you know, you guys did really well over here back in the 80s with uh, a lot of your hit singles. Why don't you come over and be on uh, a TV show? And they said, sure, we'll do that. Well, they had so much fun, they rang up uh, Martin and Mal and said, hey, let's do this again uh, full time. And they did. So they did a Greatest Hits tour for a couple of years and then decided that they would go back into the studio. And uh, the result is an album called The History of Modern. Uh, first, what we're going to do is I'm going to play you the song that was, I guess, really the OMD spawn song in the mid-90s, Walking on the Milky Way. If you go see OMD, uh, I think this is probably still going to be one of the encore songs. Uh, again, it was released just as Andy with some support members, but, um, but uh, the rest of the band now do it full justice, of course. This is Walking on the Milky Way by OMD.
Walking on the Milky Way by OMD. And of course, that was, uh, as I said, kind of the swan song for OMD for a while there, but they are back. Uh, they toured the U.S. in the spring and supported their brand new album, The History of Modern. We'll hear a track from that after this interview with Paul Humphreys. Uh, as I said, they were here in the spring. I saw them in Chicago. I uh, walked up to the hotel they were staying at there uh, in the north side of downtown Chicago, sat down in the lobby with Paul Humphreys, and uh, we had a little chat, and here that is. Okay, so we are here with Paul Humphreys now. I uh, did a little street recording on the way up here. <laughs> on the way. And, uh, okay, well, geez, now where to start? First of all, the new album is fantastic. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, you know, so often a lot of groups, you know, from the day come out with new albums, especially after such a long time off. And, yeah, and, you know, yeah, not so much. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, we were aware of this. We were acutely aware of this, actually. And so um, we didn't make a big announcement that we were going back into the studio. Yeah, yeah. No, we because kinda, we, we thought we'd just, you know, test the water and see if we, you know, see how it went, really. But um, yeah, I, I think what, was, what worked in our favor was the fact that even though Andy and I stopped writing in the voice of OMD, we continued writing separately and did we, we've always been writing we yeah. never stopped writing right so in terms of as, as being a song a songwriters we were totally up to speed because we've just been constantly working you know and we've had we've got two studios there's a studio in Liverpool Andy's got and I've got a studio in London and they're both top of the line modern studios so we had all the technology available to us so it was quite easy really to go back and, and, and work with Andy again. Um, we did because of the geographical problems. Yeah, Andy, I was going to say it was. We, we thought we'd be incredibly modern because we had the same system. Yeah. We thought, oh, we just we just send huge files on the internet right. and we just play our things and right. you know, back it backwards and forwards. But it, it, you know, we wrote three songs in a year that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because it, I, I, we we realised actually that the the spark of OMD was me and Andy in a room together yeah someone we walk in the morning walk in the morning we chuck an idea into the room and then we just bat it between each other until till it becomes something you know but and uh, but you know working in Liverpool and London at the same yeah. time you don't have that kind of rapport you know because uh, when we realised that that was definitely the right way to work was I went up to Liverpool and thought we'd I'd work for a week in the studio with Andy and I brought an idea into the room Andy had an idea and it was it ended up being New Holy Ground and, but we did it in three hours from beginning to end. Oh, wow. That whole song. It's like the old days. <laughs> so it was like, okay, this is the way we need to work from now on. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, I was wondering about that, the, the, the different geographical locations. Yeah. Anyway. But, you know, we've still got plenty to say. That's the thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We've still got interesting subjects. I mean, I think towards the end of the 80s, we ran out of things to say because we didn't experience any life. We were just uh, constantly touring. Constantly touring. Getting each other absolutely crazy. And we weren't experiencing anything personally. Yeah. Know, it was just all about tour buses and backstage uh, areas. And, you know, we ran out of things to say. You know. yeah. but, but because we had such a layoff from OMD, we, we've, we came with a new energy and a whole 
a huge amount of ideas. So, so when you were in the listening pool, which also that was a great record. Oh, thank you. And he was talking to Mark out there, and uh, he, he said he can't even find it, though. It's kind of hard to... Yeah, it's really hard to find. Well, we're talking about re-releasing it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, was that a different sort of songwriting feel with Martin Mal? And yeah, well, did I didn't it feel weird with Andy not being there, or was it just kind of like... Yeah, I mean, I didn't leave OMV to do the listening pool. We right. Just, we, yeah, it just happened that it, way. It just kind of happened. We yeah. had a bunch of songs that we'd written, because, you know, Martin and I had done some writing before. I mean, Martin was a writer on... Uh, he covered Souvenir with me the Loud and Clear and Talking Loud and Clear So In Love yeah. you know he was, he's always been a writer so it wasn't too difficult to work with Martin okay. and Mal has always contributed anyway in a lot of the rhythm ideas for OMD so, so it, wasn't, it wasn't a big leap really but uh, yeah, that was a nice album, actually. Yeah, yeah. I love Oil for the Lamps of China. I love that tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a nice track. Um, so, when you're writing with the one two, is it a different thing altogether doing that? Yeah, I, do, I, I love writing with Claudia actually because she's such. Um, she's just. It, it's kind of like working. My relationship with Claudia is quite similar with as my working relationship with Andy actually because we both bring different things to the table. You know, I'm more of the musician in the band. I do a lot of the music. And yeah. Andy's more the conceptualist, lyric writer, and um, and with one two it's the same really. Okay. Claudia's a great melody writer, and she's a great. She has great concepts and of subject matter and stuff. So uh, so it, it kind of worked worked quite similar. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very proud of the one too. Album actually, it's a nice record. Yeah. So is uh, now Zombie is this? Uh, I still haven't gotten clarity on this. Is this still going to be going forward now? You guys still have? I, I know Andy. I heard in another interview said he's working on a song called Atomic Ranch. Yeah. Yeah. We've got, we've already. Um, uh, we've we've already got plans for the next album. Andy and I have. Oh, good. Of, yeah. Wow. We've already That's got uh, a whole um, a whole uh, a load of ideas and even the album title. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> is that under wraps or it's is it under wraps? No, no, I'm not going to get that out of you. <laughs> All right. Well, what's been the biggest difference you think between the heyday of OMD and now in the business? I remember talking with your tour manager about how you know. He, really can't make a lot of money downloading songs for 99 cents you gotta do yeah. other things to get uh, if people pay 99 cents yeah, so yeah. People, I mean I, I had an industry uh, uh, flyer magazine sent to my house before I left for this tour and uh, there's an article in there saying that 90% of music coming from the internet is not paid for yeah but yeah I mean the internet has been both a blessing and a curse really at yeah. the same time you know I mean it's it's a fantastic marketing tool it enables you to get to people uh, otherwise you may not have or may, may have been harder to use other other you know like press and, and radio and stuff which is can be pretty locked up you know it enables you to, to, to kind of gain access to lots of people and it also enables lots of people to gain access to music which perhaps they would never have heard before which is great um, but but this whole sort of no money changing hands thing <laughs> makes it difficult for musicians to, to make any money you know I mean Andy and I were fortunate the fact that we've made a lot of money in our because records sold by the middle right right so well, once, once they figure out they needed to pay you <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly how great with that phone call on it. <laughs> or it, were you guys together on that? Because Andy told me by, before he did sugar tour on, on the sugar tax tour, he said uh, he told me that he, they just, you guys decided to do an audit. Yeah, just, because you couldn't believe that you didn't make any money after all these records. Exactly. And they're, oh yeah, we owe you millions of dollars. Right? <laughs> exactly. How <laughs> great, oops. Yeah. How great was that phone call? Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we finally kind of made the money that we should have. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, that was cool. Even though you guys couldn't afford the state of the art equipment at the beginning, you guys were always very forward thinking. I remember seeing an interview with you. Where you said you made those drumsticks that you saw craft work use yeah well you, well you see Andy and I come from very working class families yeah. none of our neither of our families had any money yeah you know I was uh, my hobby was electronics okay. so from being a very young child I used to make 
loads yeah. of okay. crazy things. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so because you know we, we decided at some point that we wanted to be craft work. You know, we were just kids for fifteen. Yeah. You know, yeah. But we we heard craft work. We thought craft work is the future. We want to be craft work. But um, I, I guess it was kind of fortunate that we didn't have all that technology because I think we would have just emulated craft work. Yeah. But and just sounded like craft work. But there's no point in sounding like craft work because craft work sounds like craft work. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think the fact that we had to sort of beg, borrow, and steal and make stuff created a whole different palette of sounds for us to to to, to create our music from which made it uniquely L&D yeah. do you think that kind of uh, mindset going into it has kind of helped you here at sort of at the back end of it you know in 2011 you know yeah, really so. adapt to the industry changes and like you're saying being able to write across the internet or maybe that wouldn't you know work for maybe a guitar band from that era <laughs> yeah that's true yeah. yeah well yeah we've always been you know forward thinking We've always seen sort of electronic music to be the future. I mean, that's how we started out. Like, yeah. music is the future. And then we hit the 90s and, and, and Britpop and, and all the sort of... Manchester and Seattle. Yeah, and yeah. the sort of monobrow uh, yeah, yeah. bands, you know, from Manchester, all came on the scene. And it was like, all of a sudden, electronic music wasn't the future. It was the past. And the future was music influenced by the 60s. And it's like, what's going on? You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's when we sort of put a full stop to O&D for a bit. Yeah. Um, I really have a funny story to hear because it seems to be a good point to do it. I interviewed Chris Lowe of Pet Shop Boys last year. All right. Yeah, and uh, I related the story Andy had told me that the reason he suspended O&D in 95 or whatever it was, he was in a record shop in, Louis- in uh, Liverpool and saw an Erasure CD. And not to pick on Erasure, but he looked, picked it up and goes, geez, do I really need another Erasure CD? And then he thought, wow, what do people think this about O&D? And that's the point. He thought maybe I should move on to other things. Yeah. 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 Well, I told the asset to Chris Lowe and asked him if they ever felt that way. Oh no no we've always been you know well, we've gone on and done our own thing but then he said at the end he goes then Andy's wrong the world does need more OMD records <laughs> is that what he said yeah, oh, yeah. that's cool thing. yeah so that's that long <laughs> year. yeah so um so will you be doing any more with, with the one two or when you get back to England do you have, what, what are the plans uh, well we've Cloudy and I have already done half a new album oh, okay so we're going to be continuing that when I get back and also I'm just going to be jumping between doing a new album with Andy and uh, and one two but we've also got lots of OMD commitments because we're doing um, loads of festivals in the summer throughout okay. Britain and Europe so uh, we've got a kind of a packed summer of, of shows oh South by Southwest oh yeah you guys are doing that it just says Paul and Andy is or Martin Mal not going to be or are these going to be no, smaller it, it seems to be lots of shows being added I think we're actually doing four things four okay. performances at South by Southwest and I think two of them are full band Okay, uh, and two of them are duo, me and Andy. Okay, so because we do, because on we've been doing that throughout Europe actually. Before, before we did the full band, you know, mega production show. Uh, Andy and I went out playing record stores as, as a oh, okay. <laughs> what was the instrumentation like? It was just uh, well, it was kind of like back to our roots. We started that way. Yeah. We used to have me and Andy. Andy played bass, me, me on keys, and then anything we couldn't play was on the tape recorder. But go. now we have a laptop to replace Winston. Ah, okay, okay, <laughs> okay cool. All the drum tracks are on my laptop, and then okay. we play along to them. So. I saw on the BBC. Um, and they did this show on Breakfast TV where they talk about great songs, and Andy was talking about an old gay. And oh, you and Dad were on that too, because you, you played the original organ. Did you guys have to go back and buy all that stuff again, or was that still yeah, somewhere? Yeah, funny story actually, because no, most of the stuff, nearly all the stuff, had all blown up or we'd fallen apart, or yeah. fallen apart, or rusted, or <laughs> oh, we'd lost. So, so yeah, we we were um, we were on the internet every on the eBay every night trying to find uh, it. Yeah. And there was there was one instance where Andy and I it, we didn't realise that we were bidding against. <laughs> <laughs> to buy the same synth we could have bought it for an awful lot cheaper but ah, we're not, I'm not having it each other. <laughs> he's in Liverpool going no I'm having it <laughs> 
That's funny. Wow. And uh, they showed your uh, old house on uh, that show. All uh, right. Yeah, they showed your front room, I guess, where you can record the back room. Yeah, the back room where, the songs, where we wrote all the songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah my mum's old back room. Yeah. yeah so, um, a rehearsal space. For that time period, what was, like, the best memory of OMD for you? I think I think that all the best memories of OMD, I think Andy would agree, would be the first time we did anything. You know, like the first time we did a show in Europe, you know, the first time we did Top of the Pops. Uh, yeah. The first time we played the Liverpool Empire in Liverpool where we'd seen bands as kids and all of a sudden we were on that stage, you know. Um, yeah, the first time we went top five in uh, England or first, first number one we had in Germany or, you know, all those firsts yeah. are, are the things you really remember. You know. Cool. And what are you looking forward to now is in, at this stage of the band? Um, well, we're just... I mean, I think we're older, wiser, calmer. <laughs> so I think we we enjoy every every moment because we're not doing it for nine months of the year touring yeah. anymore. We're doing it for three and four months a year, and that's a lot easier, you know, because we're old men now. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're only, you're my brother's age. You're fifty. Uh, Fifty-one. Okay, my brother just turned fifty. So yeah, I'm so forty-four. Oh, right. Maybe 45, yeah. So. Is it, I mean, probably a little less stress on you and, and even Martin Mal because you guys have to move around as much. But is it a lot of stress on Andy that he's got to be bopping? Because he's still, yeah, well, he's still bopping around up there. Listen, he's had, he's had two surgeries on his left knee and one surgery on his right oh, knee. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> and he takes lots of medication to keep them going. Oh, you know? man. So, yeah, we're not as young as we used to be. But we all seem to defy our years when we get up on that stage, you know. And I, I think in some ways it's. In some ways, we're a better live band than we ever were because, um, A, you know, we were never great players. It was yeah. all about write the songwriting. It was yeah, never yeah. about the, you know, musical proficiency of, our, of, of yeah. ourselves. But by default, after playing for 33 years, we've all become really good musicians. Yeah. And, uh, and also, the technology we take on stage is incredibly reliable because it's top of the Oh, line. yeah, yeah. It's like and it's so down the We don't walk on stage going, oh, I hope my synths <laughs> work tonight. It's <laughs> funny. Okay. Well, let me go grab Mark, and uh, he's marking we've got a picture. Uh, so you come to the show. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to run back and get my van. I walk here from my hotel. Oh, right. And then I'm going to get my van and go back up to the gig, and then uh, get back. Enjoy, enjoy the show. I think it should be, should be good fun tonight. Great. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. My, my wife and daughter tease me incessantly. I dragged him up here from Cincinnati. Well, you know, the band is in good form. Oh, well, good. Well, yeah, so, you know. that's what I hear. Okay. Let me grab Mark. So, please just have an enjoyable evening. Okay, well, thanks for the interview. Appreciate yeah. it. Pleasure to you. That was Paul Humphreys of OMD. What a great chat. I went from the hotel up to the gig. I hung out with another journalist there. And uh, I'm going to try not to gush here, but man, what a fantastic show. Uh, I know a lot of 80s groups still tour. A flock of Seagulls, you know, Mike Score grabs, whatever, a couple of musicians he can find. And, and they're great. They sound great live. And you know, all the bands sound good. But, I mean, it was just that extra, OMD had that extra push over the cliff, as Spinal Tap would say. It was un- unbelievable. So uh, if you have a chance to see him, uh, you need to do so. And if they're coming to a town near you, get tickets. Um, of course, they do have a new album, The History of Modern, released last year. And uh, fans going back and forth on what the best track is. It's either the one of the title tracks. There's two, History of Modern Part 1, History of Modern Part 2. But uh, as far as the uh, favorite single uh, of fans, it either would be History of Modern Part 1 or this track, Sister Mary Says.
Sister Mary says, OMD, boy, I uh, spent a whole half hour uh, doing this thing, so I'm kind of up against the clock, so I'm just going to invite you folks, uh, if you're listening for the first time because of the OMD thing, uh, this is normally a comedy podcast, we interview comedians, uh, do fake news, do some funny comedy bits, so uh, please come back and join us, or go back and listen to the episodes that are sitting up there on Podbean or iTunes. Uh, all I have time to say then is uh, thanks for listening, and see you next time. Thank you.